All right. Thank you, Kelly Robinson, very, very much. Good morning and welcome. Kind of a kind of a rainy overnight for many parts of Texas, and uh, we welcome you to the program this morning. Once again, the uh, the phone line not working at Mother Station at the network, and so we're back on the cell phone again today. I am so sorry. I know this is just not good audio quality compared to what we can do when things are working. Everything's fine here at my end, not so good back at network end. So anyway, bear with us, if you will, and, and I still need your calls. I still want to talk to you about gardening and uh, just to pretend it's uh, talking on a phone line. You're calling a friend. I'm your friend. Love to hear from you. Let me give you that phone number once again. It is 888-256-1080. I'm Neil Sperry. I've been doing I've been doing gardening uh, 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 radio programming uh, commercially. I've worked for the Extension for seven years before this, Extension Service of Texas A&M, and did a lot of media work there, but commercially since 1978. So this is my 46th year in uh, in garden broadcasting, and I enjoy doing this very, very much. We broadcast across the state of Texas. If you're in Amarillo or in Corpus Christi, you are hearing this program via a, a, a format that I've been doing for 35 of those years now. Uh, College Station, Brian, we get a lot of calls from my hometown where I grew up and uh, all the way to the Sabine River and all the way out. To, so that would be uh, uh, Crockett, as far east as Crockett and as far west as Alpine. Love Alpine. Love Crockett, for that matter. But if you've never been to Alpine and the uh, Davis Mountains, the Jesus Mountains, oh, my goodness, you need to see it. That's just a beautiful part of America, a beautiful part of our state. And everywhere in between, we have a wonderful state, and this is a great time of year. It's about to get beautiful across Texas. Give me a call, won't you, please? Let's talk about your landscape, your lawn. I don't do sheep and goats. I don't do chickens. Uh, I'm, I'm an urban horticulturist. Landscapes, lawns, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening, houseplants, those are in my domain. I'll be happy to try my best to help you. The phone number, once again, is toll-free anywhere you can hear me, any of our 33 stations, 33 markets, or anywhere. I'll I'll tackle it. If you can hear me, you can call 888-256-1080. Call now, please. I'm here for almost an hour. We get out just a little before noon, 888-256-1080. As we uh, plunge on into February, this is such a chaotic month to get everything done. All the things that you have left over from the winter time, things like transplanting established trees and shrubs that need to be moved because you're going to expand the patio or uh, add on to the house or put in a pool, or you saw something out in the woods that you want to move into your landscape and you've gotten permission to do so. All those things need to be done as soon as you can. That time runs out when they start growing in the spring and spring is just uh, well, in South Texas, a week or two away, if that long, and in North Texas, just a month or so away, if that long. So uh, transplanting of established woody plants, that needs to be done immediately. Planting of, uh, you're, you're awfully late to be playing asparagus, get it done immediately, especially North Texas, you can still do so, by really high-quality dormant um, uh, uh, roots of asparagus. Uh, two-year-old roots and get them planted right away, read up on how to do it and because they're going to be in your garden for many years. So plant them in the opportune spot off to the side of the garden where they won't be in the way and 
give them good soil preparation and, and you'll be all set. Uh, it's also time to plant now as now that we're into February in almost all of the state, except maybe in the far south end of the state, it's time to plant uh, English peas, time to plant, um, and that would be the snap type peas and onions certainly need to be planted right away. You're in South Texas ready to plant uh, Irish potatoes and um, the coal crops, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, among others. So those are some things to, to get underway. We'll talk about some other things in just a moment. We have a call, and we'll be going to Nathan and Brenham in just a moment. So uh, we have uh, two other lines to fill if you'd like to. You can have limit of one per customer, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Once again, it is 888-256-1080. We are live on this, uh, let me think, yeah, it's got to be, yep, first Saturday in February. Let me tell you about Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. This is my book, and I have it on sale for $34.95. I put that price right up front because as I describe the book to you, I want you to say, whoa, that's a lot of book for just $34.95. I think it is. It's 344 pages, a hardback printed on high-quality paper, and printed in Texas, and listen to this, 840 of my photographs. It has more than 25 multi-page charts. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, talking about the soil types, the climatic zones of Texas, why I still think that the 1990 USDA hardiness map is the most accurate of all of them that have been put out, even the two that have been put out since that map. Uh, because they have slid us too far north, and you plant things according to these newer maps, and you're going to get frozen out in your landscape. All right, so that's Chapter 1. Chapter 2, I have never put in a book before. It's a 48-page calendar telling you when to do everything. Neil, when should I do this? When should I do that? It's all in that calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of your plants. Chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I told you it has a ton of information. It does. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny with no questions asked. I've never been asked to refund on any of them. 85,000 copies sold. Nobody has asked for their money back. I don't think you will either, but the offer is there. Just $34.95, I'll be sending you a signed copy. I did a lot of signing last night. The book sales are really picking up. While I still have them at $34.95, grab one for yourself or grab a couple as gifts. And uh, that's at uh, 1-800-752-GROW. I'll give you the phone number. I'll explain. The book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. It's available only from my office. That's a weekday phone number. If you want to order it right now, go to neilsperry.com. You can read all about the book. You can see what it looks like. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, 800-752-GROW. During the week, the better way is at neilsperry.com. Let me tell you about the... Uh, Texas Nursery and Landscape Association and their certification program. This began about 40 years ago. A group of really fine nursery leaders and extension workers and other professionals, I got asked to be involved early on in the planning stages, 
put together a wonderful certification program. I did not have a lot of active involvement, but boy, I got to watch and see it develop. And it is a great program. Men and women who have taken the uh, coursework and studied and passed the exams uh, really know what they're talking about. Texas Certified Nursery Professionals and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals, they are the state of the art in the nursery industry. And you'll find them at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. You can trust their advice to be timely and reliable. They are only at the, uh, by and large, the independent retail garden centers in your town. They know what's going on in your town with the plants in your town. This is uh, generally not for the great big national chain stores. They don't go to that trouble. This is a lot of trouble because these folks work hard to pass these exams. Look for their name badges. Look for their emblems. Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals at Member Nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. More after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let me reinforce that phone number, if you would, please, 888-256-1080. Please call right now, won't you? Don't call right at the end of the program. That happened last week, I think it was, or sometime recently. Uh, We had uh, two or three calls right at the end of the program, and that never works because those folks don't get on the air. Or it puts me in a, a position of having to give a really fast answer and a lot of times I need to ask a couple questions back. Let's go to Nathan in Brenham. Nathan, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. How can I help you? Well, I, I need some do's and don'ts of a fruit tree. Um, so, and I have a I have a lemon and lime tree. Uh, so, what has transpired so far is I purchased these uh, actually in the spring of uh, of last year. And I've had them in uh, big size containers, some uh, old feed tubs that we put holes in, put rocks in the bottom, and yada yada. So they've been doing really well. Uh, the the do's and don'ts I want to know about are that I know I'm getting close now. They said to go ahead and leave them in the containers uh, through the winter, and and you know plant them. I guess you know probably after the last freeze that I think. But I have black ground. Where these, where the trees are going to be planted, I don't have anywhere, <laughs> any way around it. So, um, what would be my uh, concerns about planting those? Uh, should I plant them together? There, it's a lemon and a lime tree, and should I kind of plant them somewhat close together, or they need to be separated? And what should I do extra for the black for the black ground? The ground isn't a problem at all. The temperature is going to be your problem. Okay. It's going to get too cold. You have some okay. means of protecting them in cold weather? Nothing probably than, uh, you know, something that's put in the ground around the tree to where I could, uh, you know, cover them or wrap them or something. That would be that would be the only thing. They can handle, um, I can't speak to limes. I think they may be a little more tender. Lemons could probably handle a few hours of sub-freezing weather. Uh, some lemons are a little bit more uh, uh, durable than others, um, but you look around town as to how many lemons you have that are more than more than uh, three years old, and I think the number will be zero. Uh, 2021 oh, okay. took all of them out, all the way down to 
the valley. Um, okay, that's that's why you've never seen citrus orchards outside the lower Rio Grande Valley. Um, they're that's novelty true. trees. Yeah, they're novelty trees. I don't mean to dash for hopes, but I want you to be aware so you don't get just caught by surprise and have your heart broken. You need to leave them on casters or something so you can get them into protection if it gets really cold because they're going to need to come in and out. So I have them in a pretty guy's. If I can just maybe get the biggest container that I can get a hold of. Correct. And and just, just leave them in there. That's correct. It's going to need to be a big container. It's going to be heavy, and they're going to get fairly tall. Uh, and and I think you need to go into it knowing that they will eventually outgrow reality. And you'll say, "Well, sure. it's been a nice ride, yeah. but I can't, uh, I, I can't." There you go. Build a, a two story garage. <laughs> yeah. so, right, uh, right, right, right. That's, that's the thing. But they, I, I don't want an answer to my next comment. Please, I'm going to beg of you. Don't give me an answer. They are okay. sold very frequently in places that uh, uh, are not full-time retail nurseries uh, by nurserymen. They're often sold in big chain stores that really don't know that these things shouldn't be sold in Washington County. Um, That's yeah, right. There are people. Yeah, there are people that will grow Meyer lemons and get by with them. For example, nearby in College Station, I have some friends who had a Meyer lemon for several years. But 2021 took it out, and last year we had a – well, this year we've had some pretty significant cold weather. I've been going to Houston periodically, and I'm going to be going uh, in a few days. And I suspect that between November when I was there and now, I bet we're going to see a lot of stuff that's going to be there that was there two months ago. So uh, mm-hmm. it just that's what what you have to be prepared for. Now, as far okay. as the soil is concerned, I don't think I don't think your black soil would hurt them if you decide. Well, I can I can put them over there and and build some kind of a temporary frame to protect them and put an electric heater in there or something. You you know there are ways to get around things. There are right. there are some citrus that are more hardy than lemons and limes. Uh, some of the the um, uh, satsumas uh, will make it through a, a fair amount of cold weather, and and uh-huh. they're interesting and lovely and and fun to grow. Uh, but they're not. I would never call them totally winter hardy, where you are. But they're more so than than lemons and limes would be. Okay. Well, that's kind of what I. Uh, that's kind of the answer I thought I was going to get. But uh, you know, yeah. well, uh, I, I hope that I hope the that's wife, true the wife was determined, determined to have her own lemon and lime. <laughs> oh, I understand. You know what? We have we have neighbors. I, I live north of Dallas, which is just a little colder than you guys are, and like fifteen degrees usually. And uh, and they they have uh, they have citrus that they take in and out of their garage. They have them in pots. They've had them for three or four years. And there will come a time that they'll say no more of that, but uh, but yep. they've done pretty well with theirs, so it's it's worth trying. But just I wanted to warn you and be honest with you. Uh, Texas A and M so has much. some really good Texas A and M has some really good fact sheets on on citrus. And if you'll if you'll just look up Aggie Horticulture Citrus uh, for the okay. fact sheets, you'll you'll find you'll find some good information. Well, thank you so much, and have a great day. Have a great day in a beautiful county. Love your county. Take care. Thank you. Folks, that opens the line. If you'd like to call, please, 888-256-1080. I will put Brenham and Washington County in that list of gorgeous places to visit. You go down there in um, 
in March, early April, when the blue bonnets are in full bloom, that is what out-of-staters picture Texas looking like with the blue bonnets. That county, there are a lot of counties like that, but that one is a is a real winner. Those big, beautiful live oaks and uh, the hills and the, oh my goodness. All right, uh, we can talk a little bit more. You take a break. Again, the number, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I want to tell you about Fertilome right now and high-yield lawn and garden products. And I want to talk to you specifically about their Dimension product out of the high-yield line. Fertilome and high-yield are kind of, if you think of one, you ought to think of the other. They're, they're sister companies out of, uh, out of Bonham, Texas. And uh, they they are wonderful, uh, long time, long decades old companies right here in Texas. Let me tell you about uh, the uh, Dimension product. As soils begin to warm up, weed seeds are starting to germinate, and there's good news. You can prevent those grassy and broadleaf weeds by applying high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper containing Dimension. It is a granular product that provides pre-emergent control of crabgrass, and suppression of many other grassy and broadleaf weeds when applied prior to germination. Now that's pre-emergent, prior to germination. Let's, let's harp on that just a little bit so you remember it. High yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper is ideal for use in your lawn and ornamental beds because it won't harm established turf, shrubs, trees, or other desirable plants. It controls crabgrass, Dallas grass, uh, the seedlings, Dallas grass seedlings, grass burr, oxalis, purslane, and others applied every 90 to 120 days for year-round control. One of the greatest things about the makers of Fertilome and high-yield products is that they are dedicated to supporting local retailers. So you go into an independent retail garden center or feed store or an independent retail hardware store, and yes, there are those. That's where you're going to find these high-yield and, and Fertilome products. All of their products, including high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper, can only be found in independently-owned garden centers, feed stores, and hardware stores. To find your closest dealer to Fertilome, go to Fertilome.com and click on Find a Dealer. They'll help you find one. That's Fertilome, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E.com, and you are looking specifically for high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper containing dimension. It's a pre-emergent, a very good one. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you. I'll again back up that phone number, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. And as uh, Jared uh, gets a uh, call ready for me, um, let me uh, remind you of a couple of things that you need to be doing right now uh, that are very timely and that is pruning. Pruning is just really important, and there are some things that need to be pruned in the winter that you can't really do very well other times. Let me go through this list very quickly, um, and I'll get to my call. Um, you need to prune bush roses uh, by 50% by half in the next 10 days. The next 10 days, you prune bush roses by 50%. Each cut that you make needs to be right above a bud that faces out from the center of the plant. In other words, you're trying to direct the growth outward, not back into the center of the plant. You're trying to open the plant up. So bush roses by half 
with each cut above a bud facing out from the center of the plant. Now, you need to learn what rose rosette virus looks like and what impact it has on plants. And if you recognize that in your plants, you need to destroy those plants. I just can only apologize and say I'm sorry for that bad news. But you need to recognize what it looks like and take those plants out immediately. Don't baby them along. Don't try to prune it out. It won't work. It's all through the plants if you have it. And it is a uh, it is through Texas. So anyway, I have it on my website at neilspray.com. You can see what it looks like. Uh, other pruning you need to do would be any shade tree pruning that needs to be done. You can do 12 months a year with one exception, which I'll bring up in just a moment. I like to do it during the winter because I can see the branch structure of the trees better in the wintertime. Uh, oaks are the exception. From Valentine's Day on until midsummer. The uh, pathologists and the arborists uh, at A&M with the Texas A&M Forest Service suggest that they not be pruned in the spring. So from mid-February to mid-July, taboo time for oak pruning. The rest of the year, it's fine to do that. The reason is that oak wilt, the uh, disease, uh, the fungal mats of that disease are active in the spring. So you get your oak pruning done immediately in the next few days. Any cut that you make on an oak branch that's bigger than a broomstick in diameter, you need to seal with black pruning paint. That's on oaks. You don't use pruning sealant on any other type of tree other than oaks. Other pruning that needs to be done would be evergreen shrubs. Try to stay away from formal pruning and, and rounded and squared shrubs if you can. Uh, it, it's not a natural look, and you're trying to attain kind of a natural look to your landscape, I would assume. Some people like a more formal look, and that's fine. It's not my place to judge whether something's good or bad. It's a matter of personal taste, but um, it just is an easier way to take care of a landscape. So just a suggestion there. Um, and if you're doing any major pruning to reshape a plant, that would be done during the winter also. So you have a little bit of time left, a week or two. Remember, don't ever, this one I will not bend on in any direction. Do not ever top a crepe myrtle for any purported reason. There is no excuse for it. It does not make them bloom better. It does not make them, it makes them shorter, but only for a short period of time. They have the genes to get to a certain height, and you ruin the shape of the plant forever if you top them. It's a barbaric act, and Texans have done it for decades, and um, I've made a career trying to get my fellow Texans to stop it. So anyway, that's what we have there. Uh, other things need to be pruned now. Uh, that covers enough. Uh, uh, peach and plum trees must be pruned immediately. They're going to start budding out before we get together a week from now, probably. So, all right, we go to Hunter in North Zulch. Hunter, this is Neil. Good morning. Yes, sir. I've got some questions about some possible olive trees I want to plant and my wife and I we went to Italy this past fall and I fell in love with olive oil and I'm interested in trying to do some homemade olive oil and seeing what you recommend as far as varieties and that kind of thing all right Hunter I'm going to send you to the uh, let me write something down here uh, keep a note of all the calls that I've had um, I'm working with one hand because I got to hold my cell phone with the other one, with this uh, problem that we're having with the equipment at the station. Let me go to a fact sheet that Texas A&M has 
on olives. It is, uh, if you uh, look up uh, AgriLife Extension fact sheet, E as in uh, Edward H as in uh, hot T as in Tom, EHT-021, EHT-021, entitled Olives. It was written by Larry Stein, Jim Thomas, and Monty Nez, but boy, you can't get three better horticulturists. It's a multi-page fact sheet on olives. It was written in 2013. 2021 took them all out, all the way south to the to the coast. But uh, and and you're going to have a hard time getting them through as far north as you are. I grew up uh, in in Brazos County, and and that's awfully far north for olives. But um, and then there is a nursery in San Antonio, and I don't remember their name. Um, but they have. They, I thought that might be listed in this uh, fact sheet. I don't see it. Um, but there's a nursery in San Antonio that has raised a lot of olives for sale. I don't know how much loss they sustained in 21. But uh, but that's what you would want to do. And I would certainly recommend starting very small initially. All right. Well, thank you very much for the info. I, I don't. Yeah, that's the second uh, call in a row where I've discouraged the caller. But I'd rather discourage you and be honest than encourage you and have you call back in a couple of years. Say that was a sorry dog answer you gave me. So anyway, <laughs> so good luck with it. They're uh, they're beautiful trees, and I can I have not ever been to Italy, but I can only imagine how lovely they would be to to see in person. So good luck with it, and and uh, look that fact sheet up, and it'll have a lot of great information on it. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, let's go to Laura in Brenham. Laura, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help you today? I have an oak tree um, that, uh, I'm sorry, I think it's a water oak, and it's popping its bark off. And I want to know, should I just go ahead and do away with it, cut it down, or leave it? All right. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you a few questions. First of all, how long have you had it in your landscape? Probably about 10, maybe 15 years. Okay. So the diameter of it is five or six inches, four or five inches? It's probably about six inches. Okay. Uh, good guess, Neil. Um, all right, and its leaves are have round lobes, and there probably are three round lobes out toward the end, kind of like if you hit, yes. held your three your three middle fingers together and then fused them at the bottom. It looks kind of like that. Yes. Okay, that that is a water oak. I grew up in in a College Station, and and we had water oaks there. Since I was a kid, I've never lived where I could grow water oaks. They they loved your area because you have neutral or acidic soil. And they have to have that. And sometime in my this life or my next life, I want to be able to grow water oaks, and I love them. Um, is the splitting of the bark on the south or west side of the trunk? It's on the west side. On the west. It's more on the the north northwest. Okay. Um, I I don't get a lot of calls on water oaks of of any nature. Uh, when I get calls on oaks that have bark splitting, um, up until 2021, it was almost always on red oaks, 
and it was always on the west side of the trunk because of a sun scald, and it was usually trees that were three or four years old in a landscape. Um, they okay. they don't have much they don't have much bark to them when they're young trees. I'm talking about red oaks now, and 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 water oaks are exactly the same. They're very smooth trunks, and when they're planted, the first uh, four or five years, the sun will beat into that bark and will cause sunburning, and and the bark will pop open and crack, and then you'll get decay on that side. Now, when you go out and look at it and kind of think about where the summer sun hits, if it's on that side, that may, I'm doing this without seeing your trees. So I'm, you know, you may go out there and say, well, that guy's nuts. (laughs) Sun never hits that. And if that's the case, forgive me, but, but that's one possibility. And before you cut it down, if, if that's what's happening, that, that could cause it to be decayed and damaged so badly that it couldn't be saved. I've seen that happen. Um, we right, have a little league park. It's been dropping limbs. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me finish with the other possibility. We have a little league ballpark in McKinney, where I go to see my grandson play ball, and the city planted about forty red oaks and didn't wrap any of the trunks, and they're all forty going to be lost to sunscald. All forty of them. It's thousands of dollars worth of damage because they bought big trees. So that's one possibility, and that's always going to be on them the one side, the west or northwest or southwest side. Um, and there's not much you can do once that happens. Um, but but you can pinpoint that it's on that side. And the limbs on that side are the ones that are going to be affected, the ones up above. As the decay sets in, it will it will attack the branches up above and sometimes down below, but especially up above that are uh, where the decay moves up in the in the tree and, and kills those branches. In 2021, the cold that was uh, so severe um, caused a problem on oaks all across Texas, even down to the coast, that the Texas A&M Forest Service uh, taught me a lot. And one of the things was a term called radial shake, R-A-D-I-A-L, radial shake. And that was where there was such a, a dramatic temperature change and difference in the trunks of oaks, especially live oaks, that the bark split apart, kind of like a, a uh, kind of like a windshield will crack with a quick temperature change, and the bark just peeled off the trunks of those trees. But that happened all the way around. It was definitely not on one particular side. Now, on a given tree, it had to start somewhere, so that that one would be, but it, given 10 trees that had radial shake, it wasn't always on the same side. So that's another possibility. And and um, uh, I'll tell you what I could do. I, I have an idea. Um, I don't know if you, um, I don't, do you take my electronic newsletter, eGardens? Have you ever heard of it? Um, I heard of it, but I just haven't done it yet. Okay, um, I, I'm going to make an offer to you. I, I do answer questions there. We have I have a limit because I I get several hundred a well I get a hundred a week if I don't put a, a meter on it and shut them down, uh, and and it's already filled for this week. But I, I'm going to ask Jared to put you on hold, and I will give him a mailing address where you could send me a question. I will answer it there. If you will send me a photograph of your tree, the the trunk, if you can get okay. me a good photo of it, really sharp photo, 
And if you will look in eGardens, you're going to have to subscribe to it. It's free, and I do not spam you. And you can unsubscribe the next week if you want to. Um, or you can look at it online next uh, next Thursday evening. It comes out Thursday okay. at 6. Uh, and I put it on my website. But it would be easier if you just let me send it to you, and you wouldn't have to worry about looking at it that way. But it's in the right. Q&A section. And, and you'll see your question there It'll be the last question. I'll just add it in. And okay. um, so if you'll just let me put you on hold until we get into the break, and I'll tell Jared how to how to get the, the your photo uh, to me. I don't want to put it on the okay. air because everybody would do the same thing. So just stay there. I'm going to take a break, and I'll I'll get that word to him. Stay right there. Thank you don't, don't so wait. much. Okay, you bet. I'll try to help you. All right, folks, let me tell you about my book. It is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And uh, I have it on sale for you, and I'd like to get it to you. I'll sign a copy and get it in the mail this week. Uh, it is $34.95. It will cover every I'm, – I'm really happy with my book. I'm, I've worked a whole year getting this one. I, I self-published it, so I wouldn't have to go through a publishing house. I knew I could keep the price lower for you. And I knew that I could make the own dis- my own decisions. Um, I hired Carolyn Skye as my editor and uh, Cindy Smith as a graphic designer. I'd worked with both ladies for years, and I knew that they would help me make it the best book it could possibly be. 840 of my photos, 344 pages, 11 chapters that cover the basics of gardening in Texas, a 48-page calendar of when to do everything in your landscape and garden, when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you have. If the question begins, Neil, when should I do this or that? It's all in that chapter. And then specific chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I've worked a month on every one of those chapters. Uh, your uh, satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I will refund everything you spend on the book. No questions asked. I've never had a request for a refund. 85,000 copies sold. No requests for refunds. Well, the sales are really picking up now. Make sure you get this right away so you'll be ready for the springtime. It's here. It's coming in full speed. Neil's Ferry's Lone Star Gardening, so much better than the old cowboy boot book. That's the one you find in stores. The book that I'm talking about is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. It's available only from my website or by calling my office. The website is by far the better way. That's neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's, uh, and then if you want to call my office, that's 800 752 Four seven six nine, eight hundred seven five two grow. But the better way is at neilsperry dot com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly. Thank you very much. And um, I think we uh, lost Sharon in Fredericksburg. Uh, call dropped. And I'll go ahead and answer because it's a quick answer anyway. Uh, she was interested in knowing what to do with eggshells in the garden and, and they would have very minor uh, uh, nutrient uh, benefits uh, if you wanted to grind them up and put them into the garden how that could be done it's not a it is not a significant anything so uh, do whatever you wish it's not anything that any commercial uh, company would would uh, uh, spend much time doing so just uh, 
quick answer on that one. Um, I hope you'll uh, get in the regular habit of listening. We've had some good calls this morning and and uh, here every Saturday, a little after 11 until just a little before 12. So let us uh, uh, let us help any way we can. I'll take my last break right now, and then we'll finish out with a little chat. Um, E-Gardens, Neil Sperry's E-Gardens, that's what I was referring to Laura to just a moment ago, is next up on my things to discuss with you. Uh, it is my free electronic newsletter. I've done it for 20 years. I spend about a day and a half a week working on this. It, it has ads in it, but nobody is going to send you any spam at all, not one piece. I've never had anybody complain about eGardens, and it, it won't happen. Uh, we send it out by constant con- contact, and um, it goes out at uh, 6 o'clock on Thursdays. I get mine at 6.02, very reliably, every Thursday at 6.02. There are five stories in every one of the eGardens um, issues. Uh, one of them is always gardening this weekend, where I point out the various things that need to be done around the state of Texas that are most urgent for that weekend. I do that on Thursday evening, so you can uh, assemble your materials Friday and be ready to work Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, one of the stories is always a featured plant of the week. And uh, another of the stories is the Q&A section, and that's what I was talking to Laura about where I answer gardeners' questions that they have emailed in to me. And then a couple of other stories. Diane Sitton will be writing a story this week, and it's going to be on hearts in the garden as uh, as per Valentine's Day. She is wonderful. That's all I can say. She is wonderful. So that's what you'll find in eGardens. And remember, it's free, and you will. I think you'll enjoy it a great deal. We have about 80,000 Texans who subscribe to it. Would love to have you as well. You can see it on my website. You can see the most recent issue, and you can also subscribe right there. Always free, always will be. I'll never send your email address to anybody. I would never sell it to anybody, and I won't spam you myself. Nobody's going to. That's it. N E I L S P E R R Y dot com. Click on e gardens and sign up. And once again, I want to tell you about the certification program of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Sterling Cornelius was a certified nursery professional number one out of the Houston area. And uh, Cornelius Nursery, what a wonderful, gentle man he was and and a leader in the nursery industry. And I watched him work with the extension leaders at College Station. It was fun to see this come aboard and, and, and what it has become. Texas has led the the way for many state organizations. You know when you go into a nursery that has certified and master certified nursery professionals that you're getting the best in nursery products and service and answers to your gardening questions. These are people who have studied long and hard hours to pass a very difficult exam. They know what they're talking about. So look for that name badge. Look for that emblem. Texas Certified Nursery Professional, where you do your nursery shopping at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And I'm watching my watch because with the equipment not working quite right, I have no idea. I could sail into the station's newscast. I'm not going to do that to them again. I've tried that before. It doesn't work too well. I have loved being with you all this week. I hope you have a great week. Do your, there it goes. So we have half a minute for me to tell you, do your Valentine's Day shopping early. 
go out to dinner early. My wife always likes to go a few days ahead of Valentine's Day. Get your get your flowers chosen early. I helped deliver flowers one year for a, val- a florist on Valentine's Day, and that's just crazy. Oh, my goodness. It's a wonderful gift, but do it early. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Saturday. Happy gardening.